Uh, welcome uh, to the Foundation Podcast. Good to be back with you today. We're going to be back in Revelation 6, and this is Pastor Paul Vincent. Anyway, I was just thinking about Steve. He's in Las Vegas uh, on a conference, and uh, we told him to make sure while he was in Sin City that he didn't do anything wrong. I'm sure he's good. Okay, um, last week we started out by talking about the four horsemen. And uh, that was out of Revelation 6. And, uh, and this is when the Lamb opens the seals. And, uh, and he begins to, uh, well, these, these seals begin to be poured out. And they start out with the four horsemen. We call them sometimes the four horsemen of the apocalypse. The word apocalypse just means revelation. And that's what the book of Revelation means in the, in the Greek. But... Uh, um, we, uh, we believe that what we're looking at in Revelation is not history. We believe it's the future. I realize there are people that look at this differently, and we're not, you know, uh, we have room for disagreement. That's fine. Uh, uh, we are premillennial, that is, in our interpretation of Scripture in relation to the millennia, that is, the thousand-year reign of Christ. And, uh, and I, myself, am personally pre-tribulation, as it relates to the rapture of the church that Paul talked about in 1 Thessalonians 4. Um, while saying all of that, I, I believe that's the best way to explain uh, biblical prophecy as it relates to last day events. Uh, sometimes we call that eschatology. Um, but uh, as I said, last, last week we talked about the four uh, horsemen of the apocalypse. And, and of course we started with a white horse. We ended up uh, with uh, what was called an ashen or a green. Actually, the word green would be a better translation, pale green. Um, there is no such thing as a green horse that I understand, and that may be why that we have some uh, different uh, translations uh, given to it. If you can imagine John seeing this, uh, I'm sure he would have been a little bit uh, taken back by this pale green horse. Um but each one of these horsemen, I, I believe, are just a different representation of the Antichrist or the man of sin, uh, what he will do during the tribulation. And these uh, first uh, seven seals really are uh, most of the three and a half years of a seven-year tribulation. Uh, we titled our video here, The Last Three and a Half. This is the beginning of it. This is where it all starts. And we're going to allude to the, the trumpet judgments just a little bit uh, in, 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 in our podcast today. And so if you can hang on with us. But, but after he mentioned, well, I'll tell you what. Let me just read the, uh, let me read the fourth seal right here. This is Revelation 6. I'm reading out the New King James uh, translation. And it says, And when he opened the fourth seal, I heard a voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a pale horse, or a green horse. And the name of him who sat on it was Death. And Hades followed with him, and power was given to them over a fourth of the earth. I want you to think about this. A fourth of the earth. So that's basically a quarter. So a quarter of the people are going to die under this uh, 
this uh, rule and reign of the Antichrist, and uh, and he will, you know, some say he will come as a man of peace. He doesn't look much like a man of peace here. Uh, there's going to be a lot of wars in his attempt to do what other world leaders have either attempted to do, or people like Nebuchadnezzar, even Alexander the Great, were able to do, and that is to rule the known world. While I don't think the Antichrist will rule the whole world in the sense of every nation, uh, he will be a world ruler. And uh, and so it's going to be pretty violent. And, and notice what is said here when it says that death and hell followed with him and a power was given to them over the fourth of the earth to kill with a sword, with hunger, with death, and with the beast of the earth. And, uh, and so we see all facets of, uh, of uh, people being killed. I mean, it's, it's strange. You know, one of the things that we made mention of in the, uh, <laughs> I was thinking what Steve wanted to do with the ideal of a tribulation chihuahua. <laughs> but uh, I don't think we had to worry about them. Uh, but, but, you know, in the sense that, you know, what God gave Noah is, is that the fear of uh, uh, animals and, and, and in that sense would be a, they would have the fear of man in them uh, well there's going to be an opposite that's going to happen uh, during the great tribulation that is I believe the church will be raptured out of this that we will not be here and uh, and, and with the restrainer uh, that Paul talked about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 will be removed and, and, and I believe that is the church uh, we are a restrainer because the Holy Spirit works through us and it's not that the Holy Spirit's not going to be doing a work here on the earth, but it just means that the representation of God's kingdom, and that would be the church, will be gone. Um, and, and there's terms like thief in the night for those who are not prepared. And, uh, and we wouldn't want that to be you. If you don't know the Lord, we want to make sure that you, you meet him and, and, and that you respond to the gospel call of repentance and to acknowledge Jesus as Lord of your life because you don't want to be here during this moment. Um, and so we see a, a fourth of the earth uh, being killed, killed off in population. I mean, you think about what a, uh, I think what we said, a quarter of eight, eight billion is two. Uh, two billion people, can you imagine that? That doesn't even count all the people that, uh, that have been raptured. I, I don't know how many born-again Christians are in the world. I'm not really sure. But uh, but even if you were to take a, a, a you know, just a, uh, what I would consider a very, very generous uh, uh, estimate of one billion, and I don't believe there's one billion Christians on this planet. I wish there was, but I don't believe that. Uh, but even if you put that, I mean, wow, what a, what a, what a, a loss of, of life, especially after after the rapture, just literally millions of people, uh, hundreds of millions of people being raptured uh, to meet the Lord in the air, not to mention the dead in Christ who arrived first. And then this world being plunged into a seven-year tribulation, Daniel's 70th week. Um, and, uh, and, and then very soon into that, well, at least put it this way, within three and a half years, the first three and a half years, you're looking at possibly two billion people uh, are killed uh, during the reign of the Antichrist, typified by these four 
horsemen of the apocalypse. Um, and, and then that brings us to the fifth seal. And that's what I want to spend a little time on. I want to spend the rest of it on the sixth seal because I believe this brings us to the end of the three and a half years, the beginning, I should say, also of the last three and a half years, which Jesus characterized by the word great tribulation um, in Matthew 24. But in the fifth seal, it says, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them. Now, now he's seeing something in heaven. This is, this is amazing here. So I, I saw under the altar, that is the altar that is in heaven, the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony that they held. And they cried out with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each one of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed, notice the term, who would be killed, as they were, were completed. And, and I realize that there are different interpretations of what this is talking about. Once again, I don't believe that John is looking at history here. I believe he's looking at what will come. And, uh, and I believe specifically what he's looking at is the people who will give their lives as martyrs for Christ during that first three and a half years of the tribulation. Um, one of the things I want to observe, and I, and I wrote myself just a, a couple of notes as it relates to this. Notice it says that they would give their lives, they would be slain because of the word of God and uh, the testimony that they held. When you think about your testimony, it's the word of God that you were tested with that you have a testimony for. And what will you what will you do at a moment like that? I want you to consider for a moment, if you will, with me. And uh, some passages that Jesus said or some things that Jesus said and some of the things that we can see that are prophesied before we ever get to Revelation that are prophetical. Uh, I was talking to a minister friend of mine this morning before service, and one of the things I said to him is that sometimes I have to be careful that we don't offer anybody any hope in this world because I do believe we have hope in this world. I believe, you know, that, that God is able to send revival if his people will respond to him the way he tells us to. I believe that even in our country that we can have a revival here. I believe we can have another reformation. That is, if there's enough time between now and the rapture of the church. Uh, but we are called to occupy. We're about to. We're, we're called to be about the business of the kingdom, uh, and that is preaching the gospel. And, and that doesn't mean just from pulpit. That is to give an answer to every person that has a question about the reason for our faith. And we can do that everywhere. That can be done in the grocery store. That can be done at the workplace, among families, the dinner table. <laughs> it can be done anywhere. And, uh, and, and and that's the mission that we all have. That's not just a mission of preachers. That's that's everyone. And uh, and I believe until Jesus comes, we should be sharing our faith uh, with people. And, and and you have social media. That's one of the reasons we do these videos. 
I don't believe this is the only way you do it, but this is one, this is a tool. That's all it is. And we hope that when you see these videos that you will share them with the people in your uh, arena of influence. And, uh, and that's another way you can help share the gospel uh, with, with people. Um, but the point of what I'm trying to say here is that most of what is written about the last days in a New Testament and an Old Testament concept are very apocalyptic. I'm going to use that word in the sense of it's dramatic. Not very, very positive. At least not if you're a, an unbeliever. And, um, and, and, you know, and keep this in mind right here. Um, you know, Jesus uh, talked about a narrow way. He says straight is the way, narrow is, is the gate that leads to life. And he said, few be that find it. Uh, he talked about in relation to the last days before he comes, it'd be like the days of Noah. He said that'd be like the days of Lot. Think of it in this regard. How many people got on the ark? It was eight. How many people got out and survived Sodom? Three. I'm not saying they represent percentages, but it does foster the ideal that few people find it. And, um, and, and so, you know, when you also go into the Apostle Paul, uh, 1 Timothy 4.1, he says, the Holy Spirit expressly says that in the latter times. So that would include his time, but it would also include ours. He said some will depart from the faith. He said they'll give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons by the means of hypocritical liars who have seared their conscience with a hot iron. We're living in those days where we have false prophets. Jesus warned about that too. He said many will fall away because of false prophets, because lawlessness will increase. The love of many will grow cold. Uh, we're living in those days. Second Timothy chapter three, uh, he talked about in the these perilous times will come in the last days, and why? Because there will be people who hold to a form of godliness in the church, but really they'll be lovers of themselves. They'll be lovers of money rather than lovers of God. We are in those days. And, uh, and while saying that, I believe that there are millions of people that claim to know God, but they don't know Him. They pro profess by their deeds they don't know Him. I'm not preaching perfection. Don't misunderstand me. I'm just saying there's millions of people who claim to know God. They are not active in their church. They're not active sharing their testimony with anybody. And they are living lives that are no different than anyone in the world. And, uh, and, and, and so, you know, when you're looking at this, I mean, th 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 this is tragic. I mean, it doesn't help when we have preachers today that advocate that God is good with same-sex marriage or the transsexual culture is even infiltrating the church. I mean, we shouldn't find these things surprising. Why am I saying all I think there's a lot of people who claim to be saved. They might even believe that. You know, maybe they were raised in the church. Maybe, maybe 
Maybe they don't go anywhere. They don't go to church anymore. They don't read the Bible. They may listen to a bunch of these television preachers. That's a good way to get confused. And uh, and, and maybe they are in, in compromising situations in their life, and, and, and they're just really not following the Lord. Now, I don't know when the rapture sounds. Will these people go to meet the Lord in the air? The Lord is the one who will judge all that. But my suspicions are based on what Jesus said and what Paul said, and that is, that there are not going to be a majority of the earth that claims to be Christian that's going to be in the rapture or they're met, ready to meet the Lord uh, if they were to die today. I don't say that because that's what I want it to, to be. I'm just basing that on scripture. I said all that to say this. I believe that the greatest revival on the earth in fact, I don't think there will ever be a revival that would even be able to match what's going to happen in the days, weeks, and months after the rapture of the church. Can you imagine if Billy Graham was right and he said that 85% of the people that sit on our evangelical pews think they're saved, but they're not. Let's just assume that he was half right. That's a lot of people. A lot of people are going to show up in a church. There'll probably be people that'll show up in our church here at River of Life in Georgetown, Texas. And they will show up. Now, if you're going to show up, you're not going to find me here, and you're not going to find my son here, and you're certainly going to not find Steve. We'll be gone. Not because we're better than anybody else, but because we've made a determination to worship God and to follow Jesus and no one else. And, and so, at that moment, there will be people. By the way, if you happen to live in Georgetown and you miss the rapture of the church, if you can get into my office, I do not password protect my computer. I do that for a reason. You'll find all my messages there. You'll find everything. Somebody else will pass through this church the day after the rapture. It just won't be me. And, uh, and when that happens, I believe that literally hundreds of millions of people worldwide, the day after the rapture, a week after the rapture, are going to come to Christ. Especially people who are, who are uh, familiar with the Bible. And obviously there'll be other people who have questions, and I believe many of them will come to acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus Christ. If you're one of those people, thank God that you will get saved. I would recommend this side of the rapture would be better, but hey, eternity without God is a long time. So if you're one of these that want to wait and you just think that everything is continued on as it always has been, and that day does catch you as a thief, there's still hope for you, but you will more than likely give your life and martyrdom for it. And I believe this is what this represents in this fifth seal. And literally we have millions of people that would give their life based on the word of God and the testimony that they held. And they were slain. And, and what's happening here? This is going to be happening during, um, this is going to be happening first of all worldwide. And this is response to those four horsemen of the apocalypse. And, uh, and, and remember, the fourth of the earth, it could include some of them. I don't know. 
But I do know that there's going to be literally millions upon millions, possibly uh, billions, that will give their life in martyrdom after the rapture of the church, which tells me the Holy Spirit is still going to be here. He's still going to be doing His work. We're going to get introduced later on to those 144,000 evangelists that God will commission, and that will be primarily in Israel. And uh, and people will come to Christ there too. Um, and, and so, you know, thank God however you come to Him. Uh, and that is to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But my... my um, my recommendation is to get right with God today because even if uh, what we're talking about here, I mean, if you were to go out of this life right now, if you were to get in a car accident or, sir, if you were to have a heart attack and die, you understand as far as you're concerned, it's appointed to man once to die, then the judgment, it's that's it for you, okay? And so, you know, don't, don't wait around saying, I'll get right with God someday. That someday will never come. And don't, don't wait until something apocalyptic happens, like the rapture, uh, that catches you as a thief in the night to wake you up, to make you realize, I need to live for God. Um, you know, there's a, a cry for justice in this, in this seal. You know, how long, God, how long? And it's just like Abel's blood that the Hebrew writer talks about that we see also in Genesis that Abel's blood was crying from the ground and God heard it. And, uh, and, and, and can you imagine all of these people that this is happening? Uh, I believe, and this is my belief, and I'm going to leave it at that, and, uh, and that I believe that our nation in the United States is under judgment not this judgment of the 70th week of Daniel, but I believe we are under judgment from God, even at this moment. And, uh, and there's reasons I believe that. And all you have to do if you live in Texas is just step outside and you can understand it better. The point of it is, is it is the mercy of God to bring judgment when we are away from God. And my, my admonition for all my brothers and sisters in Christ that may watch this, if you're not walking with God, if, if this is the time to do it. This is the time to repent. Uh, wow. Uh, I don't want to say more about that. That's just my personal belief there. But what I do know about this fist seal is that millions upon millions, maybe hundreds of millions, maybe up to a billion or more, people will be martyred for Christ. And who will be carrying this out? It'll be the Antichrist. Uh, along with those that follow him. I don't believe that the Christian testimony of Jesus is going to be tolerated. And I believe this will be worldwide. It's, this is not something that's just going to be happening in one country. This is going to be happening all over the world. The people will give their life in martyrdom. By the way, people give their life in martyrdom today. But this is going to be something a little bit different. And, uh, and, uh, and so there is a point where God will avenge their blood it'll just be toward the end of what we see. That is Revelation 19. And, uh, but let's don't get ahead of ourselves. Then we have this second seal. This is interesting here. And we want to spend the rest of our time here in this. And uh, because uh, in this sixth seal here, uh, 
Now, in my uh, New King James Version, it, it says cosmic disturbances. I'm going to give this a different title. I'm going to call this the Holy Dread or the fear of the Lord that will grip men's heart uh, in the last three and a half years. Because this is really where it starts. This is what kicks off everything to the trumpet judgments. You do have the seventh seal, uh, but it's sort of like the, the beginning jump off of the trumpets. But I believe this is the the, the, the epitome of it. I, I, this let me, let me just read it. Uh, he said, I looked. Remember, the Lamb is opening these seals. And he says, and I looked when he opened the sixth seal. And behold, there was a great earthquake. Maybe that's when California will drop off into the ocean. That's, I'm kidding about that. Who knows? He said, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth. And the hair and the moon became like blood. This is interesting because this, you would think you're reading right out of Joel too. Remember when Peter quoted out of Joel, I pour my spirit on all flesh. Uh, he did make an allusion to this, but he didn't really get into this part of it. This is judgment language here. Um, and he said the sun became black as sackcloth uh, of hair and the moon became like blood. And the stars of heaven fell to the earth. And, uh, and, and we're going to see a specific star that's going to fall to the earth called Wormwood uh, in Revelation 8. And, uh, and, and then it says, it, the, the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it's shaken by a mighty wind. And then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. I believe that represents uh, those first four ju trumpet judgments that are going to be uh, stated. And by the way, I believe the first four trumpet judgments is the best explanation of a very large asteroid that would hit the earth. That would hit Part of it would hit the water, part of it would hit the land. And it is a a textbook uh, understanding of what would happen if one of them hit us, and uh, and so in part of what would happen, uh, and we'll talk about this in a second. I believe the asteroid that is as big is what we call Earth uh, wormwood, and then uh, of course then a mountain falling out of the sky, and then then also uh, another one called wormwood represents a very large asteroid. The last time that an asteroid this big hit the Earth hit the Yucatan Peninsula. We don't know when it hit. My opinion is that is partly responsible for Noah's flood. And I believe that's what separated the Earth being one landmass at the time of the flood. And I believe that's why our continents are the way they are today. And that's one of the reasons why we have some of the very large mountains. It's where two uh, tectonic pl uh, plates have collided together, such as in the Rockies. And you have these massive uh, forcing up of rock and, and debris. Um, something like this is going to happen again. How do I know that? Because God said it would. Revelation 8 is very clear about it. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I, I believe it's going to happen. And I believe this is what we're talking about, the sky receding as a scroll. It's rolled up every mountain and islands, moved out of its place. And notice this. 
It says the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich man, men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man, notice what they do. They hide themselves in caves and rocks of the mountain. And they said to the mountains and rocks, think about that. They're praying to, to uh, animistic uh, things. Like, you know, it's crazy. This is, uh, these are like fetishes. Uh, they're 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 praying to mountains and rocks. And what are they asking them to do? Fall on us, hide us from the face of Him. Who is Him? He's going to identify Him. Him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. And uh, for the great day of His wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Um, wow just the absolute dread of God. I believe the sixth uh, seal is a preview or an overview, I should say, of the first four trumpet judgments. Now that's my opinion because when we understand what a large asteroid would do if it hit the earth, this is pretty much what would happen. That's an overview. That's a general overview of it. So let's go to uh, Revelation 8 and let's just look at those trumpet judgments just for a little bit and let's think about it. Before we read that, let's let's think about this sixth seal. So we've got the fear of God or the holy dread of the fear of God that grips men's heart to the point where they pray to mountains and rocks to fall on them and hide them from the, the him who sits on the throne and the and the and the and, and to the Lamb. For the great, uh, you know, uh, wrath of the Lamb has come. So here we are. We're starting the last three and a half years of the great tribulation. When we say great tribulation, that's what it responds to. The last three and a half years. And uh, and what are some of the things that will all happen at the same time that this sixth seal talks about? The overview and what's the first four trumpet judgments. Uh, are more specific about and uh, and we have really three things that will be happening uh, well we could have four if you wanted to we will we will be coming off of literally hundreds of millions of people martyred for Christ during the first three and a half years with the Antichrist and what he will employ because he will not tolerate Christianity or anyone who worships Jesus because uh, he will not tolerate that if you want to know what it'll be like, well, what was it like for the Jewish people, the six million Jewish people that died in the Holocaust with a raving, demonized man named Adolf Hitler? The Antichrist will make him look like, well, a chihuahua, <laughs> okay? Uh, he will be evil incarnate. The Antichrist will take the deal that Jesus refused from Satan when Satan uh, tempted Jesus, he showed him all the worlds at a moment in time. He said, "All this, he said, all this has been given to me, and I will give it to you if you'll just bow down and worship me." Jesus resisted the temptation. The Antichrist will accept this, and uh, and so there's going to be an all-out slaughter on anyone who is a Christian that is called. Um, so that's going to be happening. The next thing is we're going to have what uh, Daniel 10 talks about is that uh, the, the 70th week of Daniel is characterized by uh, 
this 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 he's called a prince who will make he will he will confirm a covenant with the peoples that is Israel for uh, seven for one week which each day represents one year and so for seven years and then in the middle of the week and this is what Daniel calls the abomination of desolation uh, same thing Jesus talked about in Matthew 24 and Paul talked about in second Thessalonians chapter 2 and that is there'll be an, an act that the uh, the uh, the Antichrist will will do and we have better understanding of it in second Thessalonians he will set himself up in the temple Paul says and proclaim himself to be God uh, this will be uh, and, I, and I believe there will be a temple rebuilt in, um, in, in Jerusalem I don't know when that will happen maybe it will happen after the rapture of the church I'm not sure but, uh, but there will be a temple rebuilt and, uh, and the Antichrist uh, during the last three and a half years in other words the beginning of that what's he going to do he's going to set himself up in the temple he is going to proclaim himself God. That will be an abomination of desolation. Uh, and, uh, and, and and what will occur uh, almost simultaneous is when the mark of the beast will come out. And, uh, and, and there's a lot of different opinions about the mark of the beast. What we do know is that without this mark, you will not be able to buy or sell. That means that whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, if you don't get this mark, you'll not be able to buy things, you'll not be able to sell things. Now, obviously, there'll be an underground market. We would call that a black market. I'm sure that'll be in effect, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people will be killed as a result of that as well. Now, what we're given as a warning in Scripture about the mark of the beast is what he takes this mark. There is eternal damnation for you. In other words, what I believe is anyone who has who has aligned himself with the Antichrist, who will be proclaiming himself to be God, he'll be claiming to be Yahweh in the flesh. Um, and uh, and I'm sure a lot of Jewish people will look at him as a savior. I don't know if this will wake wake them up or not. Uh, but but this is going to be happening. So this is all happening almost simultaneously uh, at this point and this is going to be a worldwide event with the mark of the beast it won't just be in Israel it'll be all over the world and at this moment I don't know if it'll be right at the three and a half year mark but it is going to be God's response of judgment on this world and it will be with a large asteroid strike once again I believe the first time God did something like this was in response to the Genesis 6 event that we have rec recorded there that God flooded the whole earth for. By the way, this asteroid is not going to flood the whole earth, but it is going to do great damage to the earth. And, uh, and we find that in the first uh, uh, trumpet judgments that occur. Now, if we were to go over to Revelation 8, and I don't want to spend a lot of time with this, but, but I want you to see a little bit of it. Um, and let's, let's read verse 1, Revelation 8. And when he opened the seventh seal, 
there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. I love this part. It says the smoke of the incense were the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. And then what happens? Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire for the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunders, lightnings, and an earthquake. So the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. Now if you view the first four trumpet judgments in kind of a, I guess if you you can use the word telescoping, uh, they're all one event, and they're all what happens if a large asteroid were to enter our atmosphere and hit the Earth. More than likely, that large asteroid, according to what's going to happen here, is going to split in two in our atmosphere. One part of it will hit the ground, the other part will hit the ocean. And that describes exactly what's going to happen in these first for trumpet judgments. Uh, it says the first angel sounded. Notice this, that hell and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth, and a third of the trees were burnt up, and all the grass was burnt up. If you, um, if you watch some of the apocalyptic <laughs> movies, uh, uh, I've seen some renditions of this that were perfect. I can't remember the particular movie, but right before this asteroid uh, was destroyed, it had a kind of like an entourage of uh, things following it or actually in front of it. And that's generally the way it is when we're talking about space rocks or, or you know, we're talking in terms of these, these big asteroids, which are just massive space rocks. And, uh, and they have a lot of gravel with them. Uh, a lot of things traveling with them, some of it in front, some of it in the back, some all around. That, that's just the way it is. And, I, and this is what would happen if a large asteroid were to enter our system. Before that asteroid hit us, well, you would have that. You would have all that gravel off uh, that, uh, especially the stuff uh, in front of it, uh, that, uh, that a lot of it would just burn up. Some of it would burn up in our atmosphere, but some of it would get through depending on how big it is, as far as the gravel part of it. And that's why you would see what you would call uh, hell uh, and fire mingled with the blood. It, that's what it would look like if once it breached our, uh, our atmosphere and fell on the earth. And it would cause significant problems. And, and notice it says the second angel sounded and something like a great mountain. Now, you know, when I think great mountain, I think of Everest. You could, there's other mountains that are very big too. But uh, if you could think of a great mountain, that's a pretty big chunk of rock uh, burning with fire. And that's what it would look like coming through our atmosphere. And, uh, and it was thrown into the sea. And then notice it says a third of the sea became blood, a third of the living creatures of the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. And so notice the, the term of thirds here. Uh, if you can think of a massive asteroid strike, uh, possibly, uh, and, and you could put it anywhere. Let, let's, 
let's just assume for a second that we're talking about the same thing as the one that hit off the Yucatan Peninsula. What if one came, a large, massive rock, maybe one bigger than that, and it hit the earth? I mean, it breaks in two, but part of it, characterized by a large mountain, would hit the earth. So let's say it slams in somewhere around the Canada. Let's just say it hits right there. What people who study uh, asteroid strikes have said about this, that, that if this is a representation of a asteroid hit, a, and, uh, and it's been said this is probably the best explanation you can give to it from a, a person who's not a expert on it. This would be a good way to describe it. What it would do is it would hit the earth at such a force that it would crack the mantle of the earth. What does that mean? That means earthquakes. I mean, that's that that right there is, you know, cataclysmic. Uh, well, actually, this one, um, uh, hold on. This one, this one hits the water. Let's, I've got ahead of myself. The, the first one, the first part of the asteroid hitting the water, uh, this would, this would create, um, wow. Well, actually, the, the four trumpet will tell us what all this would create. But just to, not to get too hit, the one that hits the water, let's just assume this one hits the Yucatan for the, the fun of it. It hits the water at a force that it's hard to understand. Um, you would not only have tidal waves that would emanate from this, um, you would have a spray that would go up into our atmosphere and, and, and this would be this wouldn't just be water because it's going to be mixed with debris on what's about to happen so you would have water you would have debris it would basically be like the moon being like blood like black just like what the sixth seal was talking about uh, it would look like the sky just rolled away it would be anyone here at this moment viewing this that is close by is probably dead. If not on impact in weeks because of starvation. Now this wouldn't kill everybody. This would be worse than a nuclear winter. This would encompass the earth. It would literally just cause uh the sun to be blotted out, everything. It would be horrible. Look at the third trumpet judgment. Then uh, then the third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch. By the way, this word star is uh, where we get our word asteroid from. This is astron, I believe. And, uh, and, and I believe that this star, this asteroid, this is the second part of that burning mountain. Uh, this is uh, the part that broke off from it when it came through our atmosphere. And uh, and this one's not going to hit the water. Uh, it, it said, burning like a torch, it fell on the third of the rivers and the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood, and many died from the waters because it was made bitter. This is the one that hits the ground. It notice it affects rivers and streams, and uh, and, uh, and 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 by the way, it's 
called Wormwood. Uh, what, what a fascinating name right there when we think of uh, Wormwood. Uh, but once again, so we have one part of the asteroid that hits the sea, one part of it that hits the land, and so you've got this debris that comes over the earth, begins to be carried away with the jet stream, it cracks the mantle of the earth, and uh, massive earthquakes are caused. Uh, it's no wonder that people would cry out to the mountains and rocks to hide them from the wrath of the Lamb. This is God's response to the mark of the beast, to the Antichrist setting himself up in the temple and proclaiming himself to God in relation to people taking his mark, that is the mark of the Antichrist, and aligning themselves with him. This is the great day of God's wrath. And this is just the beginning of it. It doesn't get better from here. But let's look at the fourth trumpet. Then the fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, so that a third of them were darkened, and a third of the day did not shine, and likewise the night. And I looked, and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, this is where you get it, woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the remaining blast of the trumpets of the three angels who are about to sound. You don't want to be here during this moment. This will not be pleasant. Now, I'm not going to make a prediction of dates or times or anything of that nature, but I will tell you what I do know, and these are things you can look at yourself. But I do know that there is a very large asteroid on its way to this planet. NASA has been tracking this asteroid, uh, I believe, since... Uh, Oh, I don't know, 2012, maybe a little bit before that. I can't remember when they first found it. Uh, they were pretty alarmed of its uh, trajectory as it related to the Earth. It, they downplayed it some. And by the way, the name of that asteroid is called Alpophis. And, uh, and, uh, and it's out there right now. Uh, they say that somewhere, I think around 2000. Uh, 24, you'll be able to see it with just a normal telescope uh, and observe it. Uh, somewhere around 25, 2025, you might even be able to see it with the naked eye at night. Uh, now, I don't know if Alpophis is biblical wormwood. I don't know that. I, there, uh, uh, Reverend Tom Horn. Um, who had a dream about something like this, says he believes that's what that dream's about. Once again, that experience is subjective to him. It's not that I don't believe Tom, Tom Horn. He could very well be right about it, but, you know, I didn't have the experience. What I do know is that there is an asteroid that's on the way. It is going to hit, and the first four trumpet judgments will be that asteroid. Part of it will hit the sea, part of it will hit the land. It's going to be devastating. Uh, it will represent the beginning of the last three and a half years of the tribulation. Um, is Alpophis that asteroid? It is, it is slated. These are NASA. This is their calculations, not mine. 
This is not a conspiracy. You can go to the NASA website. You can put in Alpophis, the, uh, the particular asteroid, and they have a date of it coming at April uh, the 13th, 2029. They said that's when it will fly. This is their updated projections. They said that it's going to fly so close to the Earth that it will take out some of our high orbiting satellites. Now, you're talking about something that's like a mountain coming toward us. Are they right? Is it just going to be a near miss? If it is a near miss, this is the first time that we've ever had anything that this, this devastating that's ever came this close to the Earth. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, and this is not to make you alarm, but there are others who have submitted numbers to NASA who say they need to recheck their numbers because this thing has a greater percentage of hitting us than what they're letting on. There are some that believe that this is a conspiracy, and there's always conspiracies around these things, but I'm, just, I'm not saying... I subscribe to any of these, but there are some that say that NASA knows that there is a very likely percentage that it'll hit the Earth. Okay, and they're just hiding it because they don't want people to panic. I don't know what the truth about that is. What I know is that there's an asteroid called Alpophis, and, uh, and uh, they named that asteroid after the... Uh, Greek mythology uh, dragon Alpophis uh, in, uh, in, in ancient Greece. And I guess people in NASA don't have anything better to do with their life but name them after Greek gods, uh, which is main as, as a dragon. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's kind of funny. Uh, it's not going to be if you're here waiting for it. And it's interesting, it's going to happen on April the 13th. By the way, April 13th, 2029 is a Friday. Isn't that weird? Um, but uh, not that I think there's anything significant about Friday the 13th, but it's kind of interesting. You know, if this hits the earth and this is biblical wormwood, God has a sense of humor. Uh, if it won't be humorous to anyone here, but uh, but but God is the last to laugh at those who reject it. You know, you know, the men, it's what do you say, the, the men they they they, they take plans and plots against Christ and the Lord, what does he do? He laughs at them. And, uh, and this might be his way of uh, laughing at a sinful world that has rejected his son. I don't know. What I do know is there is an asteroid called Alpophis. It's slated to be here. There are some uh, people who study asteroids that are a lot smarter than I am uh, that this is their field and they believe that the likelihood of this hitting our planet is greater than what NASA is putting on. You can draw your own conclusions. Once again, you can look all this up on in the internet. You can find out everything you want to find out about it. You can look up Tom Horn and what he said about Apophis. You can make your mind up about him. I'm not here to make your mind up about any of this. I'm here to tell you that there is an asteroid on the way and it is going to hit this earth. I don't know if it's Apophis or it's another one, but it's going to happen. But if you're a believer, and I want to end this podcast this way, if you are a believer and you're a follower of Christ, 
I don't believe this should be a worry for you. Two reasons. Number one, if it is a pre-tribulation rapture, you're going to be gone before this moment happens. The second thing I would say is that uh, if you uh, if, if it's not a pre-tribulation rapture, you'll probably be martyred for Christ before you have to worry about it. So all I'm saying is you need to get right with the Lord. If you do not know Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, if you have not submitted to His Lordship in your life, don't put it off another day. Repent of your sins. I call you to repentance. Acknowledge that you're a sinner in God's presence. Ask Jesus to be your Lord. Ask Him, say, I submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I believe that God raised him from the dead. The Bible says that you'll be saved. It's not you repeating the words after a preacher. It's about you following Christ. If you've done that, let us know that. Please find you a good Bible-believing church to attend so you can grow in your faith. That's what we're going to ask for everyone. That's why we want you to share this video because we want people to find the Lord. Or better yet, we want the Lord to find them. And I will end with this saying to all the believers out there that watch this video, I believe the days are short. We don't have a lot of time to do the master's business. Our mission is to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's just that simple. We are called to make disciples of all nations. And we start in our own backyard. We start with our neighbors. We start with the people we go to church with. We start with our family. Start with the people that we work with. I'm not saying you have to go in the workplace and get on a stump and start preaching like a preacher. That's not what I'm saying. But we can find ways to share the love of Christ with anyone. If you'll ask the Lord to help you with that, he'll give you those moments. And let's make sure we're about the business for the Lord when he comes. Well, thank you for watching this video. Uh, the next time we come back, we will definitely be back. Steve will be back. He'll be back from Sin City. And we'll have to ask him some really hard questions. We may have to call him to repentance. I'm just kidding. I really am. God bless you. We hope to see you back again.